we go. Welcome. Welcome to Dominion Sunship Live again today. We say go Canada, go. Honk, honk. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. God is truly in our midst and God is always with his people and he never leaves us nor forsakes us. And so we are living in the grandest hour of the body of Christ. We're li living in, in this major quaking, quaking, quaking of God in the nations. There is a great quaking in the nations. And it sounds like in some nations, like a honk, honk, glory be to God. And so I am continuing on the theme today of um, the meditation of the word of God, the meditation of the word of God. I have noticed over the, the span of my Christian life that um, no matter the church you go to, there always will be some sort of an emphasis on reading your Bible. There's always some sort of a, at some point throughout the message, an opening, hopefully, of the Bible and a verse being read. And so we recognize that this Bible is, some call it an instructional manual. I, I personally call it the book of life. This is my life. This is my reality. This is my source of inspiration, my source of adjustment. This is where I hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. When I became born again, I, I, I was... I was immediately drawn in the Word of God, and I developed a relationship with the Word of God that I believe is truly my reflection, is a reflection of my relationship with the Holy Spirit. And so I never, ever in my mind or in my understanding had a separation between fellowshiping the Word and fellowshipping with the Spirit. And then as I went through some churches and, and very many different doctrines, and um, you, you find different camps, and of course there is a purpose uh, and there is a diversity in the body of Christ, and it's a wonderful thing. But what I found is a sense of a separation of spirit versus word, or word and spirit, and... Um, and I understood, I understood eventually what they meant. Initially, it would kind of hit my head, like, what do you mean? The Holy Spirit is in the Word of God, and the Holy Spirit communicates the Word of God. And, and so there's really no separation. Jesus says that we have a comfort that's given to us now that would... He would disclose the words of Jesus. Uh, Paul tells the Corinthians there that the spirit of, of the Lord carries the intent, searches the deep things of God, the mind of God, and that we now have the mind of Christ. And we know that Jesus is the word of God. And so the mind of Christ is the word of God that the Holy Spirit discloses to us. And so Whenever I, especially, you know, the last many years, whenever I have, you know, brought out the word of God, it's almost like you, you find a bit of a resistance in people's hearts in some, in some camps where they're like, don't, don't become doctrinal or, or don't sound dry to me. Um, you know, you need relationship with the Holy Spirit. And then you go to another camp and they're all about the word of God. And unless you're, you, you are quoting verses when you speak and only verses, only verses, then, then really, um, 
And there's there's uh, very little demonstration of being a Christian to some. And so there is a truth divine that I believe the Holy Spirit is wanting to open our understanding to. God is one. God is one. God is one. And um, should there be in your mind a separation between the Word versus the Spirit? And we do recognize that Jesus Christ is the Word made flesh and that we have now here on earth and as born-again believers in our hearts, the Holy Spirit. I recognize that they are three in one, distinct ministries and yet one God. And we have God the Father in heaven. But when it comes to your walk, when it comes to your walk in Christ, without, without the parameters and the truth of the Word of God that the Holy Spirit is disclosing to you, you can't make it. And so it's not just sitting in your little prayer chair and going some sort of a la-la land of just, just quiet, 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 quiet. What is it saying? What is it saying? I don't hear you, God. Today I don't hear you. I don't hear you, God. You know, moments like that when I find there is chaos around about me that's wanting to engage my mind or my mind is already engaged in it, the only place in my prayer chair that, that I, the only place I go to when I sit in my prayer chair is the Word of God. This word silences, silences the chaos. This word silences the misunderstanding. This word is His very voice to me. And so I don't want to ever come across of a separation of the Holy Spirit that you know, if you have a greater measure of the Holy Spirit, that you're you're a stronger Christian, or that if you can quote more verses, then you're stronger than the other one. We are growing this maturity of the oneness that we have in God, that we are the born again, brand new creation, children of God that are solely led by the Holy Ghost, and the Word of God is my moment of reality. I live in the Word, and the Word richly lives in me. And all of it is by the power of the Holy Ghost. Do you know you cannot understand the Word of God without the Holy Spirit? Do you know that without the Holy Spirit, that this Word is very legalistic and is the letter that kills, Paul tells the Corinthians, versus the Spirit that gives life? This Word is Spirit. This Word is Spirit. Jesus said His, His words are Spirit and they are alive. And so how can you separate? How can you separate the Spirit from the Word? How can you separate uh, when you when you read the Bible and you, you glean and you get an understanding that that was not the function of the Holy Ghost. It had nothing to do with your mental ability. Actually, if you do mental ascent and you just cram verses, cram verses, cram verses, um, there will come a moment that the enemy will play a snare on you that if you're not being led by the Holy Ghost, no matter how many times you parrot those crammed in verses, you sunk. Because that devil is driven by the finger of God. By the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost in every moment of a snare, in every moment of entrapment will take you up and out. He'll give you words. He'll give you words. And oftentimes, yes, it is verses. 
But now they're brought up by the Holy Spirit. Now they come up to your remembrance because, because the Holy Spirit brings the word to our remembrance. And so the importance of taking in the word, I don't want to ever sound legalistic. Read your Bible or else you're going to hell. Read your Bible or else God's not pleased with you. Read your Bible. No. We read his word because this is his love letter to us. And even when I say it, it sounds cliche because we've heard it so much. But truly, this is his love towards us. The word of God displays the love of God. That he died for us. Because he loves us, the world. And so when you, when you, when, 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 when it gets tight, when it gets, or when it gets really exciting, there's no better place but to refresh yourself again with the word of God. There's no better place to strengthen your, your, your Christian walk than the word of God. Because this word is just stability. This is where you're planted on. This is, this is the solid rock that you are planted on. This is the ground that you have been placed in. You're born out of the incorruptible seed of the word of God. And so I started last week on the meditation of the word of God. And I said I really, really wanted to demonstrate or or more so impart this desire in you to be found in the truth of his word. And so the title today came from a little recap. Someone wrapped up the message last week and it was dwell in the word of God. Dwell in the word of God. Dwell in the word of God. So let's go to, uh, I, I read uh, little portions of three Psalms and um, and just go into the New Testament thereafter. We know the word of God is a light. It's a lamp unto our feet and unto our path. And that because he is the light of the world, when we are in him, in our master Jesus, we are now reflecting him and we are in turn the light of the world. And so Psalm 27 is one of my, the ones I often meditate from the Psalms. And I go and we start, let's do verse one and um, we take it from there. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked come up against me to eat up my flesh, my enemies and foes, they stumbled and fell. Though an army may encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Why would my heart not fear? Because I have hid his word in my heart. Because his word is my light and my salvation. His word is saving my soul, renewing my mind. That I be conformed to the image of my master, which looks like pure dominion, which looks like love flushing out fear. The war may rise against me. In this, I will be confident. 
<laughs> what is your confidence today? Yes, it is your God. Yes, it is. But I tell you, when you abide and you dwell and you live in the word of God, the framework of who God is expands. The framework of who your God is, if he, your God, before you, then nothing can be against you. That framework of understanding becomes a solid rock in the word of God. And that is when you become immovable, abounding in the work of the Lord. One thing I have desired of the Lord, that will I seek. You see, Whatever you desire, it is that which you seek. So when you make him your desire, when I make his word my desire, you see, I don't see a separation between God and his word. When I want to talk to God, I come into his word. When I want to hear from God, I come into his word. And even yesterday in the morning, a precious sister in the Lord just sent me a portion of scripture and it just so invigorated me. Just verses. And all she said is, this is what the Lord had ministered to her that morning. And she just wanted to share. And as they opened up those verses, it brought life to me. That's what the word of God does. It brings life. It brings strength. It brings confidence. And a great desire for him. You see, it's the Holy Ghost in you keeping that word alive and, and burning a passion and a zeal for him alone that you be single-minded, single-focused, single-passioned towards the one that has loved you even when you were a sinner. That really, really in your natural state, you, you deserve hell, hell, forever and here love came here love came the word became flesh and dwelt among us dwelt among us the word is made to dwell among you the word is made to dwell within you the word talks about it dwelling within you richly and the word brought forth salvation jesus the word this is where the life of a Christian is strong. This is where you really now don't see a separation between the Word and the Spirit. You would not understand the Word without the Holy Spirit. You have no communion with the Christ. Like we had read a few weeks back from 1 John. John saying how he handled the Word, how he handled Jesus. They had a fellowship with Jesus. We have a fellowship with Jesus when we handle the word of truth. When we lay hold of the word of life. And this is our one desire. This is our one desire. And every day that desire is getting shaped stronger for it to be truly our soul desire. See, we go from glory to glory. And as we grow in the Lord, as we, as we dwell in this word, as we meditate the truth that he is my light, that he is my salvation, whom shall I fear? Where else will you hear the statement of boldness? Who else outside of, outside of your living Christ communicates such strength of persuasion in this hour? Whom shall I fear? The armies array against me. 
the war break out against me. I will not be afraid. I will not be afraid, but I will be, ha ha, glory be to God. Letting God move now. What a perfect moment for Romans 8.31. If God be for me, who can be against me? He gives you perspective that is from above. It gives you a reality that you are now situated far above the torment, far above the adversity, far above the disease and sickness and malady of the world. You are situated far above and from this far above place. You go, hung, hung, glory be to God. You become audacious with the word. You become sassy to the world. Because you're of God. But your desire is his desire that all men be saved. And so we do walk. We do walk as the word said, wise as serpents, but gentle as doves, innocent as doves. And so David says, one thing I have desired of the Lord, that will I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord. How do you dwell in the house of the Lord? How do you situate yourself in the house of the Lord? Paul writes to the Colossians, I believe, Colossians 2, 6, as you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and build up in him. And who is he? He is the word of God, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith. How does faith come? Through the hearing and the hearing of the word of God. As you have been taught as you have been taught the truth of the word, abounding in it with thanksgiving. For in him, in verse 9, dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And you are complete in him. Your completion is in him. Who is he? This word that is perfecting you daily. From glory to glory, from fate to fate, you run your race. You complete in him who is the head of all principality and power. And if you just cross over to verse, well, at the end of 17, the substance is of Christ, your reality is of Christ. 18, let no one cheat you of your reward. Let no one move you away from this persuasion, from your abode that's found in the word of God. Your abode in the word of God is what makes you confidence in the time of hardship, in the time when war may rise against you, in the time when enemies assail you, when the wicked want to come and eat up your flesh, when sickness and disease wants to assail you. You arise, you arise against that, that foul attack and you you contend for that which has been entrusted in you, the word of God. And so we don't want anyone to cheat us out of the reward, taking delight in false humility and worship of angels and introducing into those things which he has not seen and vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind. That's what the mind does, vainly puffs you up. And that is really, that is really the issue with those that have crammed Bible verses in their heads. This mental ascent, it can lead to being puffed up. You see, when you have 
place the word in your heart, when you have allowed the word to take root in your heart, that is true humility and it's flushing out all the pride of man, the pride of life. Because now you know it's no longer you who lives, but it's Christ in you, the hope of glory. Verse 19, these that, that deceive and want to deceive you, that they do it because they're not holding fast, not holding fast to the head, from whom all the body nourished and knit together by joints and ligaments grows with the increase that is from God. Who is our head? Who is the head of the church? The Lord Jesus Christ. And so this is how we dwell in the house of God, rooted and grounded in the word of God. So he desires that he would dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of his life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion, this is my hiding place. He shall hide me in his pavilion, in the secret place of his tabernacle. He shall hide me. He shall set me high upon a rock. In verse 6, and now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around me. Therefore, I will offer sacrifice of joy in his tabernacle. I will sing, yes, I will sing praises to the Lord. Let's go to 31. There is a verse that I, it's almost just part of my name there. Psalm 31, verse 20. This is what the Lord does for us. You shall hide them in the secret place of your presence. From the plots of man, you shall keep them secretly in a pavilion from the strife of tongues. This is who our God is. We are kept tucked in him. Do you know why? Because we are staying tucked in him. Psalm 1, blessed is the man who, sh who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners. You don't dwell where they dwell nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight, your delight, my delight, our desire is in the law of the Lord, which is his word. Our delight is his word. And in his law, in his word, he meditates day and night. We meditate. We mull over. We mutter. We think upon. We allow the Holy Spirit to expound on the word. We allow the Holy Spirit to keep bringing to remembrance that which the Lord has spoken to us through the scriptures. This is our delight. His word is my delight. And the one that delights in his word, the one that delights in the ways of God and not in the ways of the sinners and the scoffers and the ungodly, that one, he shall be like a tree planted. We're to be planted by the rivers of water. I always call those living streams of the word of God. The really the flow within that river is the Holy Ghost. The flow that's in the word of God is the Holy Ghost. Just as any river has a current. Have you ever been on a river and the current takes you? 
That is the flow of the Holy Ghost. You just have to just plunge in the river of His Word. Through meditation is how we do it. Through mulling over, through mulling over, thinking of what He said. If God said to me, Desi, God has said to you, if He is for you, who can be against you? Who, Desi, can be against you? God is for you. You build up courage. You build up confidence in that which He has said to you in the Word. And when something comes, an appearing lie that seems to conflict or, or, or want to uh, come against that which you believe, what do you do? I quickly come back in the Word and I go and I look up Romans 8.31 and I bring to remembrance. I put my eyes, I put my eyes, I put my eyes back to that Word. I put my eyes and then I allow the Holy Ghost to incline my ear that with the hearing of faith, I'll hear Him afresh. I'll hear Him afresh. And He says that I am like a tree planted. I'm planted in the streams of His living Word. I'm planted in His life and His life is taking me in the plan and the will of God for my life. I don't have to know everything here. All is known in my spirit, man. And today I choose to yield to the lead of the Holy Ghost. And then we bring forth fruit in season. Our leaf shall not wither. Whatever we do shall prosper. Whatever we do shall prosper. Whatever we do shall prosper. Do you know why? Philippians have read this oftentimes. Philippians 3. Our citizenship is in heaven. Verse 20. But I'm going for 21 regarding our Lord Jesus Christ and his soon return. But we know he is the word of God. And I read this like this is what the word does in me right now. Brings forth a mighty transformation. Verse 21, who will transform our lowly body that it may be conformed to his glorious body according to the working by which it's according to the working by which he is able even to subdue all things to himself. Do you see there's a working in the word of God to bring to submission every unruly thing in your life? It is according, it is according to the working. It is according to the working of the Holy Ghost by which he, he, this living word, Christ, Christ, the Word of God, is able to subdue all things to Himself. Don't struggle with the unruly thought and then go into major condemnation and tell speed, I can never change. I can never change someone. I need one more person to lay hands on me. Maybe if I confess my, my sin five more times, five more times. And oftentimes we have neglected the most important moment of our Christian life is the dwelling in the Word of God. It is this indwelt Christ that lives in us now. It is the indwelling of mighty Holy Ghost that is wanting to work through the Word of God and bring to submission every stronghold, every pretense, every callous and arrogant attitude against our God. Every prideful thought that wants to exalt itself above the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Word of God through the working of the Holy Ghost will bring it down. But you, where are you? 
You are to be found. You are to be found in the living streams of the word of God. It's just kind of like a little stone, a pebble, a rock, or a big rock that you plunge in the river. You let it sit there for a few years, a couple of decades, until it be so smooth, so wonderfully smooth. River rock. River rock. That's who we are. Placed in that river of his word and the streams of the Holy Ghost bring into submission every unruly thing. Every unruly thing so that we can walk after this new nature. New nature in, in Colossians 3 and in Ephesians 4 pretty much is the same thing. But actually, if we go to Colossians 3, 8, but now you yourselves are to put off all these anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Do not lie to one another. Since you have put off the old man in his deeds and have put on the new man, look, look how this new man looks and what the new, the function of the new man who is renewed in the knowledge according to the image of him who created him. There is a transformation. There is a renewal in the new man that is to match up the image of Jesus. It is not to match up your culture, whether Greek or Jew, or your religious tradition, or whether circumcised or uncircumcised, or barbarian, to go back to your heathen roots. You know, I go all the way five centuries over there. Who cares? Where God's concerned, you're of Christ now. You're of Christ now. You're to know yourself after the manner of Christ. You're not a Cynthian anymore. You're not a barbarian anymore. Well, have a natural heritage. I understand it. But the highest reality is your Christ reality. Neither slave nor free, but Christ is all and in all. All those lineage tracking and tracing genealogies. They take you back to the carnal ways that are constantly ensnaring you even now. They're making you go, woe is me, I failed again. Why would you want to track it all the way to the generation? They struggle with the same issues you're struggling with. I am born again. I am a new creation. And in Ephesians 4, I'm stirred up. Because without the reality of the word of God, we find ourselves in this little bunny trail that seems so, so, so holy. And they're actually quite unholy. Ephesians 4, 20. Yeah. So we have not so learned Christ. <laughs> you have not learned Christ after the futility of the mind. If you go verse to 17. This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk in the futility of their mind. We're to walk hard. We're to be found dwelling in the Word of God. We are to allow the Word to walk out life for us now. We are to allow the Holy Spirit to navigate every emotion, every thought of our lives. 
And so in 20, but you have not so learned Christ if indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus. Where is the truth? The only truth. Truth is Jesus. The truth is in Jesus, not in the philosophy of the day. Not in the current political thought process, but it is in Jesus. That you put off concerning your former conduct, the old man, which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lusts, and be renewed, transformed, be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on this new man. You put on this new man. You put him on like you, you, you put on a garment which was created according to God, bearing the very image of your creator in true righteousness and wholeness. And that is how you to know yourself in this new manner of life, in true righteousness and wholeness. If you quickly go to Philippians chapter 2.16, very fast, or yeah, I'll read it. Paul tells him, holding fast to the word of life, He's, he's actually telling the Philippians to do nothing out of complaining and disputing. That they be blameless and harmless children of God without fault in this crooked and perverse generation. And then he says, holding fast the word of life so that, so that Paul, so that I may rejoice in the day of Christ that I have not run in vain or labored in vain. If Paul can, can say that, that when he watches his disciples, those whom he have discipled, when he watches them walking upright before God, it communicates he has not run in vain. Well, that is what our Christian, the strength of our Christian walk communicates to God. He did not die in vain. That he did not die in vain. That we are now his disciples indeed. Why? Because we're continuing in the word of God. That is what makes you a true disciple. Is you continue in his word. Oh my dear. Oh. Rooted and grounded in him. Rooted and grounded. Colossians 3. Let's go to 16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in our wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns. Do you see, it's only when the word of Christ is dwelling in you richly, can you, can you have wisdom? Because it's dwelling in you richly in all wisdom. And this wisdom is to teach, admonish one another in psalms and hymns so and spiritual songs sing with grace in your heart to the Lord, that unless you're found in his word and his word is abiding in you, you are really handicapped because you are refusing to place yourself in this divine wisdom. You, 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 are, you are really uh, giving yourself, what is it, no service, or you, you really are disqualifying yourself from places where you can communicate truth to another, so to say, because the teaching and admonishing, it comes from these streams of the Word of God, the living in you richly. 
How can you impart something you don't have? How can you share the word with this, this grace and wisdom if you're not found yourself in the word of God? And so the way, the way you're a useful servant to God, a useful child of the most high in terms of being used to teach and admonish is when you find yourself, when you locate yourself in the word of God and allow the word to be rich in you. And now we can go to Ephesians. This is Paul's prayer in chapter 3, rooting and grounded in Christ. If we go to 14, for, for this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you that he, our heavenly Father, will grant us according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened, to be strengthened with might through his spirit in you, in the inner man. You see, our strengthening is within us by the Holy Spirit. But look at the connection. Look at the connection that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. That the word of God would dwell in your heart through faith. He just said in, in, in Colossians that the word of Christ dwell in you richly. And so now he's saying to the Ephesians that Christ may dwell in your heart through faith. How does faith come? Through the hearing and the hearing of the word of God. Do you see the importance? <laughs> and you know, you can hear me 24-7 unless you go in the word. I've labored in vain. It's true. It's true. That's what Paul said. Paul said, Paul said to the Philippians, don't grumble, don't complain, but grow up. And when you grow up and you walk as harmless children of God, and I can see I did not run this race in vain. But thank God all we do, we do unto the Lord. And when we do all unto the Lord, our labor is never in vain. The Lord sees. And yet we recognize that without you making that decision to place yourself in the word of God, no matter how many messages you hear. Oh, that was a good message. Amen. Okay, tomorrow read the Bible. Okay, tomorrow comes. I'm too busy. The day after, because yes, I did hear that message. Yes, I did hear. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, so then um, Thursday. Oh, I haven't got in the Bible yet. Oh, well, tomorrow. Tomorrow I have half a day off. Oh, my dear. How do you know I know these things? Because I have to subdue my carnal man and this resistance that is in the carnal man to come into the word of God. But Paul's prayer is that we be strengthened in our inner man by the Holy Spirit, that Christ may dwell in our hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love, rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width, and length and depth and height to know the love of Christ, to know the love of Christ, to know the love of Christ. How would he know the love of Christ if his word is not dwelling in you richly? That he so loved the world, he gave his life. 
Where do you find that out in the word? That you may be filled with all the fullness of God. And we know in him, in him who is the word of God, the Lord Jesus Christ, in him dwells all the God had bodily. What did, what did we read here? What a power in Colossians. In Colossians 2, 9, for in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And we are complete in him who is the head of all principality and power. We are in the body of Christ and the head of the body of Christ. And we are now far above powers and principalities. And that's the prayer he prayed to the Ephesians for all of us today. That we may be filled with the fullness of God. And then he gives God the glory now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. What is this power working in us? It is the power of the Holy Ghost working through the word of God according to that fire that we have put in us that living word of God we are giving the Holy Ghost a lot to work with we're losing so to say the Holy Spirit in our lives to him be the glory in the church by Jesus Christ to all generations forever and ever amen let the word inspire you let the word of Christ inspire you. Let the word of Christ dwell richly in you as you richly dwell in him. Glory be to God. Amen. We are done today. Yay, yay, yay. Amen.